Hi everybody, this is Chandler. And this is Chris. And you're listening to... X Reads the the Podcast! Podcast. So, we are back with our 26th episode. Did I make sense? 20, 26? 20, 26th. I can speak words. 20, oh my gosh, Chandler, are you okay? Did somebody short circuit Chandler? 20, T-W-E-N-N-Y. We're going to replace you with a nanny bot. If you cannot complete numbers. 26th. I can can speak words. I'm sorry, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, yeah, we are excited to be bringing you the Brood Saga. It's going to be a six-part series spanning three months of X Reads the Podcast. Oh, wait. We're doing that many? Wow. That's that's intense. Surprise. You're going to be spending a lot of time with these ugly alien things. I know. I know. It's terrifying. But you you guys demanded it, and we are bringing it to you. The Brood Saga. This is our first, like, long string of comics that we're going to do in a row. So I'm excited to kind of bring people along on the journey. Yeah, and, you know, now I'll be able to know what's going on. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. instead of jumping in randomly going like, oh, so they're, like, I guess in a Bermuda Triangle now. <laughs> right, or Australia. No, no, we are with the X-Men. And it's kind of coincides with my birthday episode because that was kind of one of the first inklings of the brood. That's where Professor X gets his impregnation. Ooh, he gets all preggers with it. Also, by the way, happy Mother's Day, Chris. Oh, speaking of being preggers, yes! <laughs> I was birthed from a pregger woman. And uh, therefore, I have a mother. So therefore, I celebrate the Day of Mothers. Correct. As am I. Mm-hmm. Was birthed from a mother. Did you Did you call her today yet? I did, yes. I had a, um, a three-way conversation with my two sisters and her. Oh, and that's I. sweet. So four-way conversation. You know, oh my <laughs> gosh. Like, so you guys, we're still in coronavirus lockdown. And I see my mom every single year. And it was really heartbreaking for me because i was like oh my god what do i do maybe i'll just like take a bouquet of flowers and wave high from the sidewalk and she can like you know wave from her window but yeah. i would ha- i would have to drive an hour just to get there you know and it's like and then what if i what if i'm asymptomatic and then i put the virus on the flowers and then the flowers mm-hmm. are handed to her and then she has it now and then she gets impregnated with the corona Yes, no, I think it's... So did you FaceTime with her or just give her a No, call? I just gave her a nice lengthy call. And I'm actually going to call her um, later too. So she's going to get two phone calls from me today. All right, what a special Because I love name. her so much. And it was so nice talking to her. She, <laughs> I actually was like, Mom, what do you remember about me and the X-Men from my childhood? And she was like, well, it was your entire life. <laughs> Your life revolved around those X-Men. I would take you to the Toys R Us place and just let you loose and you'd be in there for like, you know, hours, you know. And I kind of remember this. I think she kind of went off and did her own thing while we were in the toy stores. Because <laughs> you could do that in you, the 80s. You kids have fun. Yeah, you kids have fun looking at your X-Men action figures for an hour. Yeah. I'm going to go over there and do my own thing. Mom's getting a manicure. Bye. Yeah, like you can't do that now. But like back no. in the day, that's what, that's how the babysitters for me was looking at the X-Men action figures. And yeah. I had a huge, she said, a huge backpack. That was so heavy. And everywhere I would go, she said that I would carry my binder of X-Men trading cards 
and all of my action figures of X-Men. I couldn't go I anywhere it. without them. And it was great because, you know, it was like a traveling entertainment center for me. You know? Yeah, so absolutely. I would never be bored. I would never be like, you know, a cranky child because if I needed to entertain myself, I'd just go into the corner and play with my X-Men action figures. Amazing. Oh, I did not have a backpack full of action figures, but I definitely had a bedroom full of them. And I would pose them all on this shelf in battle mode. Yeah. So, you know, they would, and like any, anyone that could fly, I would uh, do string from the ceiling and then like use a, um, whatever, a pin to pin it to the ceiling. So that Storm and Iceman and stuff were flying. Oh my gosh. You're like into the special effects of it all. I love it. I was. Yeah. I know. My, I was mine was all the drama my, of the battle. Mine was all in my imagination. <laughs> Yours was no. legit. You were like making It was movies. legit. I know. And there's photo proof of it somewhere. I remember seeing it. I got to just find those photos. I've got to share them. Um, oh my gosh. I remember like when I stopped playing with the action figures, like I held onto them for so long and then I got to the point where I was way too old. So then I would do it in hiding and it was shameful. <laughs> It'd be like, nobody's looking. Okay. I can play with my action figures now. Yeah. Oh, somebody's coming quick. Put them away. Right. Exactly. Oh, I was doing nothing. I was doing math. Yeah. I was doing adult kid things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thinking about oh baseball. Gosh. Well, there's so many, like, adult children on Instagram now. Like, there's so many action figure accounts where people are collecting the figures and then taking, like, very, very high-end photos oh of, my their, gosh. of their action yeah. figures. I'm kind of jealous of them. Oh. I'm like, oh, they have a hobby that I've always wished I had. So we did the WonderCon panel, and we had Ted Biaselli on it. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. does this. He does the, what you're describing with the taking of the pictures, and they're all cinematic and awesome. And I was surprised that... His entire room. I was just like, where does he get all these action figures? His entire room is lined with them. Shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves. It looks like a museum. It is a museum. It's incredible. And his garage is also full of boxes of additional stuff. Like all the play sets and stuff that can't be displayed. It's pretty incredible. I've seen it. He also has a four-player X-Men Konami arcade machine that I'm so jealous of. So jealous. Oh, my gosh, Ted. If you guys want to see him, go to the uh, San Diego Comic-Con website and look up Geek Geeks and where to find them. I'm not sure if the panel has been posted already. I know that some of them have, so maybe it's there, maybe it's not, but check it out. And for Mother's Day, I want to tell a story about my mom. Yeah, tell so, it. So... Yeah, so she knows. I have. I did not have a conversation with her today about X Men. We just talked about things like Target and whatever. But uh, she knew that I love the X Men so much, and so she had uh, artist friend of hers come and paint giant, you know, six foot high X Men figures on my wall. So I had Cyclops and Nightcrawler, and then for some reason, don't ask me why, I had Kazar painted on my wall, and I'm like, why? <laughs> I know random. <laughs> I know you said don't ask you why, but why? I know. I don't know why. Like, I don't know what part of my child's brain was like, Kazar is the coolest. Oh my God. Kazar, you guys don't even know. (laughs) You don't know about that Kazar. 
<laughs> but yeah, Cyclops and Nightcrawler. And then I, I just remember they were on my walls for a really long time. And then eventually we painted over them. And I'm like ashamed. I'm like, oh, oh. no. Why would, like, they were beautiful. So the way that we did it is we took the trading cards that mm-hmm. you mentioned. And we made transfers, like transparent transfers onto, like, you know, clear plastic. And then we used a projector to project it up on the wall. And then the artist came in and just basically recreated the awesome art from those trading cards. Oh, wow. That's intense. Yeah, so they looked amazing. Wow, you guys are like so creative. Like, I I painted the walls in my mind. Like, you actually did it for real. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like kid crayon on the wall. It was like legit, like all the colors. It looked it did, looked like a giant trading card. It was amazing. Did you pretend you were in the comic book? Always. Yeah. If you had a, the ability to take selfies with it, I'm sure you would have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. But but back then, what did you have to do? Like, set up the camera on a tripod and then set the timer and then it would go off in 10 minutes. If you had a camera, yeah. (laughs) And then there's a giant explosion of light and then you take it to a a room that's all dark dark and red. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, anyways. Wait, wait, one more. I got one more Mother's Day story. Tell us. So I found out that my mother... My grandfather used to work for a magazine company, um, distributing company, and he was a delivery driver. So he would get up in the wee hours of the morning with my mom, and they would go to the um, warehouse. And the guy that ran the warehouse, the distributing company, like knew my mom really well. And he was just like, hey, you know what? If you want any of these comic books, just, you know, take one of them and just rip the cover off. Bring it over here because you know if there's the if it comes damaged or whatever, then we can't sell it. Then for, therefore, you get to keep it. And she's like, ah, cool. So for like a few years, she would just be like, I want this one, I want this one, I want this. And she had a huge giant collection of mostly Archie comics. Mm. And that's the story. So there, there's comic books in my blood. That's amazing. I know. And then I told her, Mom, did you ever read Sabrina? And she's all like, no, I, I think, yeah, she was the cute one with the freckles. I was just like, do you want to know what she's up to now? <laughs> <laughs> Go to Netflix and you'll see. I know, right? And then I, and I try to talk to her about Ileana. And I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, I just read this comic book. And Ileana, this character, went to like this hell dimension. And then she came back as an adult and she was a child. And now like she's all demonic and like she has like devil horns and like she draws pentagrams and does magic and all this stuff. She's like, what? I would have ripped those comic books in two. I would have burned them. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have I know, but it was just. Getting her all riled up. I know. <laughs> anyway, speaking of riled up, you know who's really riled up is the brood. The brood are really riled They're up. They're so riled up. They look like monsters, insects that you get in Australia. They do. No, my, my friend, like, I have a friend, Stephanie, who moved to Australia, and she shows me these monsters. Like, they'll invade her bedroom, and they're, like, they're the size of, like, half the wall. Ooh, <laughs> they, yeah. And they look like the brood. And I'm just like, yeah. nope, never going there. You know that the artist was totally inspired by a, uh, crazy bugs that probably destroyed their childhood when they were young. Oh, seriously. <laughs> Waking up and seeing it on the wall. Um, I am playing a game called Fallout 76, and mm-hmm. the brood are totally in there. They have these giant mosquitoes. Oh, really? Like giant mosquito insects that you have to fight. And I'm like, yep, those Gross. are the brood. Broods up Gross. in this Fallout 76 game that nobody else is playing, just me. 
<laughs> Why is no one else playing it? It bombed. It just like really oh. bombed. Like when they it came out a year ago and they didn't put any NPCs in it and there was really no story. It was just a skeleton and the idea was that everybody was gonna jump in and play it as an MMO. And it never really took off. And so like, oh my god, we got this AAA title in this franchise that, you know, is huge. What do we do? So like, you know, a month ago they put out an expansion where it's called Wastelanders and Raiders. So they populated the game with NPCs and stuff, and it's a little bit more interesting. So it's just enough interesting to keep me invested during the quarantine. Okay, good. You know? And, as long as you're entertained. And I'm fighting these giant-ass bugs, and nobody else wants to play with me. I posted it online, and nobody wants to play. X-Men, X-Reads, podcast listeners, people out there, audience. If you play Fallout 76, hit me up because I want to adventure around with you, okay? And where can people find you? I believe my gamer tag is Superhero Lucky on Xbox. Cool. If there's enough of you that come, I can like purchase for $10 a month a private server and then have my own Fallout world all to myself so other people can't come in and invade and do whatever they want. So should we talk about the X-Men? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, I, even before, I, have feel, I have a feeling there's going to be no more tangents like no. all of our tangents just happened we got them yes. out of the way we are into the world of the x-men now but before we do i want to go over my 1982 october trivia because this issue came out in october of 82 Let's i want to let it. you know first of all that I was born in 82, so this is exciting for me. But uh, in October of 82, Epcot Center opened in Disney World. Oh, cool. A place I've never been and always wanted to go. Oh, you should go. I know. It's just really far away and expensive. Uh, The top song was Jack and Diane by John Cougar. I don't know what sing it. Mountain Camp. Sing it. Little Diddy about Jack and Diane. (laughs) Okay, Two American kids growing up. Best (laughs) they can. Yeah, okay. I know that song now. Top film was E.T. Oh, yes. I love E.T. Yes. Phone home. And stamps cost 20 cents. The top names for boys was Michael, again, six years earlier. Mm-hmm. Michael is still still number one. Yep. And top girl name was Jennifer. Oh, Jennifer. We know Jennifers. <laughs> There's a lot of Jennifers out of the 80s. A lot. Yes. Now, let's get into it. Uncanny X-Men 162, published October 1982, written by Chris Claremont, art by Dave Cockrum, titled Beyond the Farthest Star. And I just want to give props to the owner of this comic book that we're reading because I bought it off eBay and he has he his, left name his name on the name. back. I was going to ask you, like, who is this? Yeah, James Pike Pasco. Thank you so much for writing your name on this comic book. And because you did, I was able to buy it for 25 cents on eBay. Ooh, really? Well, I guess you let it go for cheap because this issue cost 60 cents when it came out in the newsstands. Yeah, so I got a deal on this comic book. I was so excited when I got it for 25 cents. Cause, well, because the value of it, because somebody's name is scribbled on the back, is down. But I'm not about the value. We're about the story. We're we here are. for the X-Men. Yes, and also we're here for Wolverine shirtless and his little loincloth being ripped to shreds. Yes, on the cover. What do you see, Chris? What do you think is happening to him? Well, I don't know. It kind of looks like this giant brood queen spider monster mosquito thing is about to chomped down on wolverine's head and wolverine is just like you know crouched down and looking upward to the sky going ah and by the way he's all shirtless and hairy 
He is not only shirtless, he is only in some brown briefs. No, he's so not. He's it, got the boots on. Look at the feet. Oh, yeah. He does have boots on. But it's just like he's in his WeHo Go-Go outfit, which we've seen before. Mm-hmm. But more and, Savage Land looking. Yeah, absolutely. And he is covered in hair head to toe. Even up on his neck. Yeah. He's like a, he's He animal. has hair in places that I'm like, does hair grow there? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I wonder what would happen in the era. What happened, like, when everybody was a metrosexual? Like, you remember the, like, late 90s, I think, where it was, like, just coming in. It was the fashion thing to do, and everybody, like, made sure to be, like, super smooth. Would he be into mm. it? Wolverine? No, no. He would never. 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 He never got a boyzillion before? No, no way. And also, you know, Wolvie, he's always a rule breaker. You know, he he goes by his own, beats the beat of his own drum. He's all natural. But what's this? He's got like a pink halo. They call it a nimbus in art. But um, he's got like, yeah, this pink thing protecting him from this spider bug alien thing that's trying to bite on his head. What is that? It's gross, whatever it is. Well, I'm scared. I am very frightened. This thi- this thing. I mean, how many weeks are we doing of this scary monster? It's a six part. Oh my lord! But we're gonna get to some exciting stuff as well. But let's dive into the actual comic. We start in an alien-looking world, and Wolverine is a long, long way from home. He looks like he walked through the crowds of Comic Con, and fans tore his clothes off his stacked body. <laughs> Like, if Wolverine walked into those nerd crowds, they would tear him up. I know. I I gotta say, this whole world kind of reminds me of, like, Krakoa. Oh, a little bit, yeah. You know, just wild everywhere and creatures everywhere and just, you know, everything's alive and is gonna eat you. Yes. Or, you know, like he... that world on Avatar. Pandora? What was it called? Pandora, yeah. Yeah, Pandora. It's like Pandora. So he then stumbles through this creepo obstacle course of hentai porn and tentacles, and a monster tries to crush him and gas him with a roofie. And Wolfie wins the fight, but the roofie makes him pass out, making him dream he's in Japan, riding horses with Mariko, his future bride-to-be. Oh my gosh, can that plant, like, puff me in the face? Because that's a cool little fantasy there. Yeah. I I don't know why it's like a Western fantasy in Japan, but suddenly Wolverine sees eagles coming and feels that there's something off and he tries to make a run for it. But instead, the eagles end up being brood soldiers who fire a laser and destroy Mariko. They're scary. Um, I'm scared. Chris, how would you describe the brood to our audience who might not know what they look like? Well, okay, so you got the mosquito wings, you got the scorpion-like stingers in the back. There's two of them. And Mm -hmm. they got the uh, big, giant faces that are like big, giant triangles and uh, teeth that are going to, like, chop into you and big old red eyes. They're just just big, giant, like, mosquito-looking things to me. Yeah, they are a mixture of scorpion, mosquito, creepo... Yeah, alien things with but, the, uh, giant <laughs> skulls. Should, giant. My favorite, though, is that Wolverine calls them sleezoids. Yeah, I know. I don't remember when that started in X-Men. So, audience, if you want to chime in and tell us. But, yeah, he calls them sleezoids because I think at the very initial launch of them, they didn't know what they were called. They didn't ask. They didn't stick around to ask what they call themselves. So they just call them sleezoids. Um, by the way, this whole fantasy reminds me of Westworld. 
<laughs> you yeah, know? absolutely. That, that that show about um, a robot theme park in, in the Wild West. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Mariko is there. Right. Waking from his dream, Wolvie sees he's being hunted by these brood soldiers, but their lasers are set to stun. The broods say that Wolverine is one of them now and no one can help him. He battles the brood soldiers but ends up falling through the earth and plummets into a giant spider web. Sorry, I'm not home right now. I'm walking through a spider web. So leave the muscles and I'll call you back. Goodbye to you broodies. Leave a message and I'll call you back. <laughs> yeah, so he's up in the spider web, which is like... This is definitely an 80s trope. I don't think this happens in the 90s and the 2000s. No. It's like, yeah. this is every every issue of everything in every TV show, they get caught in a spider web. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Live action, cartoon, no matter what. You name it. But from in the spider web, up in the sky, Wolvie can see his surroundings and realizes he's inside a giant skeleton of a massive beast. The same one we saw back in episode 24, my birthday episode, when the Star Jammers and the X-Men were battling the brood inside the giant redfish whale thing. It's, so it's totally gross. It's so gross to so see gross. this decaying giant monster that Wolverine is stuck inside of that they've repurposed into like a city. And its bones are so big that up in the, the highest reaches of the rib cage are out of the breathable atmosphere. You know, I was thinking to myself, <clears throat> humans, like, would never do this. This is so gross. How could you take over an animal and use it for your own purposes with technology and, and you know, the sanctity of life with uh, animal life and blah, 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 Greenpeace. Well, that's not true. Humans are like that. And they probably would do this. Totally, they, absolutely. They're like, I mean, oh, they use giant... horses to their benefits. Yeah. They eat animals constantly. You know, of course, if there was a giant ship vessel creature that humans could control, they would. We're we are no better than the brood. We are the virus. <laughs> Still stuck in the giant web, Wolverine feels the creatures coming to claim their dinner when he feels a sudden stab of pain in his abdomen, which is probably gas. Wolverine should get that checked out. And he has a flashback to catch us up with what has happened with him and the rest of the X-Men. A naked flashback. Well, no, I mean, he's naked while he's having the flashback. But when he's in the flashback, boy, do they have some cool outfits. Yeah, I love these outfits. So after rescuing Lalandra and the professor from her sister Deathbird back in 156 that we read for my birthday, the team returned to Earth when Professor X slipped into a coma because he is being infested by the brood. Lalandra had to leave her boo and his coma bed and return home but invite the X-Men aboard her pleasure cruise on her space yacht to have a cosplay contest where everyone got to dress up in the best 70s sci-fi outfits. <laughs> yes, everything's Barbarella to the max. Yeah. Wolverine, he wears a white and brown bodysuit hugging all the right places with a pointed collar and a V-neck line that allows some chest hair to spill out. Carol Danvers wears a pink high-neck sleeveless dress with an oversized gold belt. Cyclops is in a blue bodysuit with a red shoulder pads like Corsair with some sort of emblem on his chest, a large gold belt, red high elbow-high gloves, and a stunning yellow cape. So stunning. And let me just say, none of these X-Men could be up in these tight outfits if they were living our lives because after no. quarantine, <laughs> nothing would fit. No. <laughs> like it's super, Not at all. Their outfits are super tight. 
Storm is in a black high neck sleeveless gown with a slit right up her right leg to her hip. And she has a shoulder high gold metallic gloves and thigh high gold metallic boots. Colossus is in a black bodysuit with a gold belt and a forest green tunic cape thing that flows around his body with white boots, shoulder pads, and gloves. Kitty is in an off-the-shoulder white full-sleeved gown and gold etching. And lastly, Nightcrawler is in a red belted jumpsuit with a Doctor Strange-like cape and giant yellow gloves. And it's really nice to see Nightcrawler wear something else, finally, than his costume. Than than his wait-in-the-car look. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He got to attend the party. Yay! Yay! Not only did he have to... Yeah, he didn't have to wait in the car, but he got to wear a new outfit, finally. Poor Peter, though. He's all bummed out. He's just like my He's sister. Bummed. Like she's an adult now. It's all weird. Yeah, totally. It is weird. And Wolverine's just <laughs> like, dude, just chill out. Let's, let's have fun, all right? Like, what happened happened? Yes. And then suddenly, Deathbird ambushes the yacht and KOs the entire team with a stasis bomb. And Wolvie suddenly wakes up with a jumble of gobbly goop sounds and swirly visions. AKA he was high AF. Mm-hmm. Then he awakes inside of a room surrounded by the brood and all of his teammates are happily content, but in their 70s sci-fi looks completely torn up. He learns that everybody is under mind control thinking they are at a Shi'ar gala and are being recognized by Lalandra to receive an award for rescuing her. <laughs> Carol- <laughs> this is like um, in television shows when they have a conversation of like, don't you remember what happened last night when you were really drunk? Yeah. And then they remember like, oh, I was a classy person. I, I you right. know, I, tell, I told great jokes. I was the belle of the ball. And then they right. cut to the real flashback and it's just like, hey, everybody, I'm telling my stupid jokes and look at me. My boot fell out. Her, her, her. Right. You exactly. <laughs> like... Poor X-Men, they just do not know what's going on. Yeah, like, they it, have no clue. And I love how in the fantasy, like, their outfits are pristine. But in the reality, they're just, like, ripped to shreds everywhere. Like, these yeah. brood were clawing at them. Yeah, I don't know why their outfits had to get ruined in the process, but apparently they did. Oh, maybe it was the bomb. Maybe it was the Deathbird bomb that made them all pass out. But Carol Danvers is quickly taken away as she's discovered not to be a mutant. But excuse so me, she was just like, they're all like, wait a minute, like, you're not like them. Let's go study. She's like, okay. Yeah, sure. And they carry her <laughs> off like the like the monkeys in Wizard of Oz. They totally And do. she's just chill. She's just like, okay, cool, let's go. And Wolverine's just like, Carol, this is crazy. Those winged clowns are sleezoids. They're sleezoids. Carol, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. So it's Gossess. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Cool. <laughs> want to put me in a new 70s outfit? I'm ready. She's going to get probed. Wolver- yeah, Wolverine's psyche is constantly switching back and forth between the reality of the brood and the fantasy that the X-Men are living inside their head. Is this a real life? Or is this just just fantasy? He doesn't know. Then we get the creepiest thing of all time. What? What is the creepiest thing of all time, Chandler? Well, this whole thing where they have to go up to the dais where Lalandra is, and then there's the creepy, um, tall, alien-looking woman. I know. And Kitty. Like, like who is she? I know. And, like, Kitty all of a sudden is like, no. Who do they think she is in the fantasy, is she supposed to be the queen of the Shi'ar Empire and Lalandra was the princess? 
I don't know who they think that she, this tall woman is. She's super tall and creepy looking and like a bug. And Kitty, <laughs> they're, they're supposed to go up and receive their award from Lalandra. And Kitty's like, no, don't make me go up there. And they're like, what's wrong, Kitty? Like, like, like they, go think for it, it. they think it's the end of Star Wars where they're getting their medals. But Kitty, yeah, Kitty totally. knows better. She's like, wait a minute. Yeah, she's like, this is not me. the end of Star Wars, you guys. <laughs> this Something's wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, as the X-Men receive their quote-unquote medals, we see that it's none other than a brood queen attacking the X-Men, causing them harm, and then it makes Wolverine flash forward back to the present to being stuck on his spider web. So he has his memory back. Maybe it, maybe well, it took it's the kind gas, of coming like, in and out. Yeah, like it's slowly coming back to him. And then we get um, on this page a glorious studly Wolverine tearing apart the alien monsters that trapped him in the web, and he's able to escape and recover. Ooh, but, yeah. well, look at the drool coming out of that monster thing. Is that drool or blood? But it's it's like pouring out all over Wolverine like expletives I cannot say. Yeah, well, maybe it's like venom or something gross. It's just dripping all over his muscles. Yeah, and Wolverine's getting like claws in his body but he's got his claws out he's slashing away at them going into berserker rage mode oh these bugs don't stand a chance no he is able to escape and then he finds himself like a weird looking place to lay down and heal like what is this? it looks like the inside of a mouth or something totally weird i know it's it, like we're it, in this alien fl- floor land but i think it might just be you know an excess hole of the corpse of the ship oh right you yeah know? of course some sort of inner out hole maybe it's like a pore yeah maybe because <laughs> <laughs> thing is huge but poor wolverine he <laughs> is just slashed up yeah he is slashed up I mean, no Those bloody. Those creatures got him. He's not all bloody because obviously the healing factor, but you could just see the scratches just mutilated his body. Mm-hmm. That's why he needs to rest. He's tired. And then we turn the page and we have our first Ed alert. It's for Tycho Magnum 440, the fastest way to win. Now, what are these Tycho's? There are uh, 15 different styles of them, but they're little toy cars, you know, like the... Um... Oh, the ones that race on the electric track. Yes. That's so cool. I was so jealous of my friends that had those car racing tracks. I had and one. And you had, like, the little remote, mm-hmm. like, that... Yeah. Oh, you had one? Oh, I had one. I remember, like, I playing it, playing with it um, outside in the front yard and uh, on the sidewalk. And there was a bully down the street who came and saw what I was doing and he wanted to cause trouble. And then he kicked over my, um, (laughs) my, my electric racing track. And I was like, (gasps) I was so like destroyed. And then I looked at him and I turned to him with my action figure I had in my hand. and It was Hulk Hogan. And I said, Hulk Hogan's going to get you. Uh huh. Like, like (laughs) Hulk Hogan in my hand, the action figure, like all of a sudden he would appear behind me and then beat him up, like in an advertisement that I read in comic books. Right, I know. It didn't happen. (laughs) And the guy laughed at me and and would saunter away. Oh, no. (laughs) But to this day, I I, I feel like Hulk Hogan is going to see that bully and tell him off. Mm hmm. He will. He will live up to his word. Those, those yeah. tracks are so cool. Now, did your track have like one of the loop-de-loops? Yes. So they could go around? Oh, I'm so and jealous. I, and I would love, I would love to get them to crash into each other. 
Mm-hmm. That was the whole point. Like, who cares about them going around the loop? It was just like the crash. Yeah, oh, those gosh. tracks were amazing. I know, like, in in years prior, it was all about train sets for for kids. But yeah, those car sets. Oh my god! Every time I went to a friend's house and they had one, I was like, "Can we please play?" Like, I don't have one, so can we please? Yeah, yeah, let's do it, you guys. Come on! And they're like, "We've Thanks. been playing it for a month already. We're on to <laughs> different things. We're under the turtles." <laughs> no, give us the cars. <laughs> the, actually, you know what? Uh, I think like after the cars was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for me. Oh yeah, and well then, I was a huge Turtles fan. Yeah. And then the X-Men. Loved. Loved. Oh yeah, it was Turtles and then X-Men for me for and sure. It, it was so funny when I got into the X-Men, it was just like I'm an adult now. I'm putting away my baby stuff and I'm going into this world of adults and soap opera. Like I felt yeah. so mature. When it I is that, so mature. That graduation from Ninja Turtles to X-Men. Yeah, because they looked cartoony, and the X-Men were real humans. <laughs> I, well, I mean, also, like, bazooms everywhere. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, uh, wow, the art style back then, jeez. Anyway. Uh, all right, we flash back to Wolverine waking up the morning of, thinking that he's on the Shi'ar homeworld, but discovering that he is on an alien planet he doesn't recognize. He does the only logical thing to do, and he wakes up Storm, who is sleeping nude, of course, and he tries to get her to help him because she's amazing and, of course, can do anything. Wait, but, like, but, she's not like, oh, hey, why are we, like, in bed together naked? Like, Well, she they're not together. Even, he did... went to go wake her up. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, they're not in the same bedroom. He went to go find her. But, but I, yeah. I love how she doesn't even care about her nudity. She's just like... No, yeah, she's... T- like, in the comic yeah. book, her luxurious white hair is covering her her bazooms but like mm-hmm. she just has no no um hang-ups about her body she's just like no I'm beautiful well yeah i mean she used to fly around naked in oh Africa. My, God. my mom when she was talking to me earlier about the x-men she's all like oh yeah i remember there was um this white hair woman with the snow and there was another white hair man and i think he was like a professor and I'm like, Mom, this is all wrong. The white-haired <laughs> woman, her name is Storm, and she, cro- she is the mistress of the elements. And Professor X is a bald guy in a wheelchair. You're thinking of uh, Magneto. He's the master of magnetism, Mom. Good. Get it right, Mom. And 36. Had <laughs> 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 to educate her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I love Storm, but she just, she doesn't know what's going on. And she's like, Wolverine, get out my business. I was asleep. Like, you, yeah. you cray cray. We're fine. Yeah, you've been freaking out. We yeah, had a nice a party. party last night. I had a gorgeous outfit. You look pretty fly. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. But then I love how Wolverine has to nerve pincher to knock her out, which I'm like, okay, that's a bit much. And two, like, I don't think Storm could easily be knocked out by a nerve pinch. No, but no way. Well, and when does Wolverine turn into Xena all of a sudden? Like, like the only <laughs> the Vulcan grip. Seriously. Well, okay, yes, Vulcan grip, and then the Xena grip. Xena had it too. Oh, did she? Yeah, she would pinch your neck, and she'd be like, you have five or ten seconds. I don't remember. Like, twelve seconds to tell me what I want to know, and this is what's happening to your body right now. All the circulation to your brain is suffocating, blah, 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 blah. And then they'd be like, ooh, good, I'll talk, I'll talk. And then she'd go, pinch, pinch. Okay, tell me what you know. And then they would tell, and then she would let them, like, run away after 
That's the pinch. So I've never ever seen it used except by her and Spock. Spock's a And now Wolverine. And now Wolverine. So I don't know. Maybe he's been watching some Star Trek. Obviously. Samurais don't uh, do that. That's true. That's true. Is it? But he is goes it? to... <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to put you on I the don't spot know. because I just said that and I don't know, so I'm just going to Audience, me. do you know if samurais use the nerve pinch technique? Please let me it. know. I'm dying to know. Uh, oh, Wolverine. He, and then he yes. decides to be a creeper again. He's yes, like, he, totally. he's just hopping over to every... Why doesn't he go to Cyclops' bed, huh? He's the leader. Yeah. Or, wait, or Nightcrawler wait, wait, or any of the wait, dudes. Where are we in the timeline? Because we jump around. Is he the leader right now or is it Storm? Storm. I think Storm is. Okay, so then he was correct. And he's also correct for going to Kitty's uh, bedroom second because she had issue with it when nobody else did. Right. Yeah, so right. therefore, okay. You're not a creeper. Well, you're jumping, you're, yeah, you're jumping ahead because you didn't tell the audience that he goes to check on Kitty. Well, guess what, audience? <laughs> he creeps up on Kitty's bedroom and he sneaks in. He's like, hey, Kitty Cat, you awake there? And he like... Is he, like, making out with her on the forehead? No, he gives her a little yeah, kiss. Yeah, I don't know. He gives her a little, a little kiss smooch. on her cheek. It looks like he's biting her. The art the art makes it look like he's yeah, like... Yeah, but no, it's just a... It's it's a fatherly, like, paternal kiss. Yeah. Not creepy. And she definitely does not look 14. She easily is, like, a 35-year-old woman <laughs> in bed. <laughs> so, I guess he decides to, like, leave her there and not wake her up. Right, and he sneaks around the compound and eavesdrops to witness what is about to happen to him and the rest of the X-Men. Everyone has been impregnated with a brood egg and eventually will die and transform into a brood soldier as he watches this character named Fang, who had previously been impregnated, go through the metamorphosis process. Yeah, and Fang is part of the Shi'ar Empire, so they got to him earlier on in the game. So he, that's why he's in this part of the process. But let me tell you, he looks like a scroll version of Sabretooth. Absolutely. The exact same costume and everything. Yeah, but with like a scroll kind of like looking face. Yeah, and ears. Mm-hmm. The Wolverine screams, no, and is spotted by the brood, which led him to being chased from the beginning of the issue as we, when we started reading. So now we're caught up. The timeline is complete. And flashing forward, Wolverine has recovered from his monster fight and is even more naked, if that were even possible. He's in just boots, briefs, and gloves, and again in his WeHo GoGo outfit. He loves that outfit. <laughs> I just love it's just perfectly shredded in the right places mm-hmm. to be that GoGo outfit. Yeah, totally. Like I don't understand why the gloves even stay on or any of that stuff, but why not? Sure. And then we get more fighting and more gratuitous naked Wolverine berserker rage sexiness. Yeah, going up against that brood. Who even gets on top of that brood? He gets on mm-hmm. and he, he holds on to dear life and he, and that brood is flying him. Flying him through the air. He's like leapfrogging onto him. What do you think they feel like? Ooh, like scaly and gross. Yeah. They probably have like like really razor sharp little hairs too. Like flies. Ooh, yeah, probably. And yeah, and then we get this full page look of Wolverine. Like, this is, again, <laughs> I don't even know what I want to say about this full page Wolverine look. It's hentai. It's, t- <laughs> it's hentai. It's yeah, hentai. Exactly. Look at that. It's got tentacles, Com- like, 
And, around his neck, mm-hmm. around his leg, yes. And I feel like there's uh, two gashes of liquid coming out of him, and I think it's supposed to be blood, but they probably colored it white uh, so yes. that it wasn't as violent for the kids, maybe. I guess so, but, maybe. And now it just kind of looks like Milky Splooge from the aliens. Yeah, it, completely. Oh, yeah, it looks like semen. <laughs> it's so gross. <laughs> or hot. Whatever you, whatever you like. I, you know... <laughs> There's a whole industry out there for this kind of thing. Yeah. So while last issue was all about Colossus being a big thirst trap, this was Wolverine's shining moment of getting all of the nakedness in front and having all those young men and women question their sexuality and be like, hmm, <laughs> this is something I'm into. I'm going to explore this. Look at that splooge mark. So then, oh my gosh, poor Wolverine, because now it's his turn. Right, yeah. His period has come and the cramps are too much. And his bega- his body begins to smoke and he feels himself start to metamorphosize into becoming a brood. Ooh. But he fights back and, and his healing factor destroys the egg. And I'll tell you this, like, just so you know, a more of a visual, a mental visual of this process, it's almost as if his skin is boiling, mm-hmm. you know, and all these pustules are coming out. Yeah, because the body is smoking, and the smoke rises above into a creepy brood face. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like the the spirit of the brood, and I guess and so. Wolverine spirit merging. They're trying to. What's happening is the the brood is trying to take over the essence of Wolverine. Yeah, but I love how he defeats it. Well, we know that his healing factor destroys the egg inside, but I love how he has to his claws out and he slashes away the smoke like. Claws will take care of this. <laughs> Hi-ya! Hi-ya! I did it. I'm Let not me finish this. I'm not pregnant anymore. Hiya! Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. And then the next morning we see Wolverine has survived, but his skin has turned into scales like like brood skin. And he looks back at the palace where the X-Men are all infected and perhaps even turning into brood soldiers themselves as he speaks. And he vows to kill every last member of his team if he's forced to, to stop them from transforming into the brood. The brood. I just want to like get him a bottle of moisturizer and just rub it all over his face. Yeah, like, he definitely looks sunburnt too. Just like, like wear some sunscreen. skin cracked. It's like the thing almost, you know, like. That kind totally, of drawing, yeah. It but, does look like the thing. But he just looks like he was in the oven and rolled out, and his skin is just disgusting. Now, we haven't really talked about his hair, and I just realized the hair on the side of his face must be so long. I mean, I have a beard growing, and the thought <laughs> of having the hair on the side like grow that long, but also be very lustrous and shiny. Oh, oh he's got to use conditioner. He must use conditioner. Like, the hair care that goes into Wolverine, I'm just fascinated by that. And also, why doesn't it grow on his chin? Because clearly, I doubt he's, like, shaving his chin. Like, that would he's not, like, a maintenance kind of guy. Yeah, I but, feel like but, he's just kind of letting it go. But the thing is, he can because he walks around with razors, like, all day, every day. That's true, yeah. So he could just, no, that but could I, be, like, a nervous twitch of, like, on his chin. Yeah, I just I would love I would love somebody to explain the choice of hairline on that. Like I ain't gonna, no mustache, I, no chin. I ain't gonna lie, it looks like a wig. It does look like a wig. <laughs> it totally looks like a wig. 
And Chandler, I feel like you're like maybe like another two months of quarantine and then you're Gandalf. Yeah, With exactly. The length, the you length of the beard. Shall not pass. <laughs> oh my god, I was today years old when I learned that Gandalf's staff carries his pipe. There's a little nook. What? Yes, there's a little nook in Gandalf's staff. So when he smokes his pipe, he takes it out of his staff and then he puts it back in. Brilliant. You know, I love it. Anyway, I digress. What next issue? Rescue, Rescue mission. mission. Oh, and now for the first time in a long time, we have at the very back of the issue, X-Mail. <laughs> we'll start with Philip Flores of Amity, Amity, Oregon, who writes, why? And the editors reply, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and he took his time out of his life to write that letter. Yeah, well, and Marvel took the time to publish it. And there's an address and everything. <laughs> I know, I know. I can't wait to send all these people holiday cards. <laughs> oh, Next, wait, we're, st- we have... we're still doing that? We should. Why not? I totally want to. Uh, we should. You just got to go to, like, Marshalls or TJ Maxx, and they have tons of, like, cheap Christmas cards or holiday cards or whatever you want. But it's to too them. far away. Let's do it for another holiday sooner. No, let's save it up. Right, I want to, like, do right. a nice big mailing. Anyways, John A. Wilcox of Westport, Connecticut writes that he loves Dave Cockrum's art and Bob Wiasek's ink and thinks for once they have the perfect combo of artist and inker. And I want to just pause and just say, what about John Byrne and Terry Austin? Because they were awesome. Hello. Hello. Anyways, John also thinks and loves that the increasing use of Kitty and he doesn't want an issue to skip X-Mail ever again. And the editors reply that they will attempt to keep X-Mail in every issue. They agree that Cockrum and Wiasek are great, but Cockrum will be leaving and being replaced by Paul Smith, who you and I love because Paul Smith did that one, ep- that one issue with Lenore. Oh, yes. The art was awesome in that. Next. Joel S. Mauger of Greenville, North Carolina, is a big drama queen and screeches at the editors for allowing Claremont to keep murdering the X-Men. He says, why not kill Nightcrawler and Kitty while he's at it? And he claims the X-Men are no longer a comic book, but a showcase for Claremont to slaughter his favorite heroes. With your, first of all, with your do- constant desire to kill people, the X-Men has become a Shakespearean tragedy. okay dude calm down first of all claremont i think he only killed gene gray which was epic of course that was one of the most impactful storylines ever and that and thunderbird died but thunderbird was len wine i think so i'm like dude is not killing off the x-men he's just doing one and it's like chill out they come back i know always (laughs) like like, don't even get me started about like today's x-men they really come back yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, he would be so pissed. You just kill the X-Men off in every single issue. It's like, chill, buddy. There's resurrection yeah, going on here. You're fine. Yeah, Joel, it'll be fine. The editors reply saying that death is part of life and the threat of sudden violent death is something every superhero must live with every day. None of the X-Men are immune to that reality. Not even Kitty. And all must learn to deal with it. And then they say, we hope they will all live to ripe, peaceful old age, but we offer no guarantees. For better or worse, the lives of the X-Men are as uncertain as our own. 
Oh, we have Andrew Gross of, of Houghton Lake, Michigan, writes how he finds Uncanny X-Men 155 to be excellent, but he was pissed at the death of Colossus at the hands of a two-bit enemy like Deathbird. And the editors reply, how dare? They address, <laughs> they, they, they give him a nickname. They, they call Andrew Andy, and they say, listen, Andy. And they school him how Deathbird is a formidable enemy who not only captured Professor X, but also nearly killed Colossus, and she's not done with the X-Men yet. Okay, so this is my favorite of the X-Mail. This is from Bruce White in Inglewood, California, who just so happens to be living not too far away from us. So one day I'm going to knock on your door, Bruce. Just you wait. He writes, Dear X-People, Just how old is Scott Summers, a.k.a. Cyclops? In X-Men number 155, Scott informs Corsair that he left him 20 years ago. Also, he tells Corsair that he was in an orphanage for 10 years. But in X-Men number 144, we are told that Scott was 10 years old when Corsair pushed him and his brother Alex out of the family plane. If all this happened 20 years ago when Scott was 10, then would that would make him 30 years old today. And since Scott was in an orphanage for 10 years, he would have been 20 years old when he joined the X-Men. Now, I thought that when Scott joined, he was about 15, not 20. Therefore, in X-Men number 144, it should have said that Scott was 5, not 10, when he was separated from his father. I just can't believe that Cyclops is so much older than the rest of the X-Men. How dare! Oh, my and like, goodness, Bruce. And then he runs away like Kitty when somebody changes their hairstyle. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Bruce. He pushed up his his glasses. Excuse me. <laughs> I have some math that I would like to <laughs> deliver upon you guys. Anyways, the editors, they reply, Scott is roughly in his mid-20s. He's been an X-Men for about seven years, which means he joined during his late teens. Prior to that, he was in a state orphanage for the stated 10 years. He was 7 or 8 when he and Alex lost their parents, not 10. The mistake in X-Men 144 is ours, primarily because our illustrious writer can't add worth beans. So much for his college education. <laughs> I just like this guy was so distraught. So distraught. Oh, like, how dare Cyclops be in his 30s? Excuse me. Yeah, Excuse me. I know. Uh, well, they really should have given him a no prize because he really did the math on his. And they were like, oops, sorry, just kidding. Like, right. do not pay attention to those numbers. I Like, you know, like, if I ever come out with a comic, which one day may happen, like, I'm going to get so many of that. I cannot math. Well, also, I was thinking about it with so much continuity to follow in X-Men. They must be, have to be so careful all the time about stuff well, because there's always somebody paying yeah. attention to be like excuse me <laughs> no i think that's actually a job at marvel like there's a historian dude like he oh, doesn't yeah. get paid a lot but like they always bring in these like um super mega nerds that know every oh, single new detail from the beginning to the Good. end of everything so bruce white must have been called after that letter be like hey buddy would you like a job yeah like wait, bruce <laughs> will you be our our historian guy be our dramaturg. We want you in all of our editing meetings, just so we don't make this mistake again. Yes. How dare he be in his 30s? So next we have something. It was actually um, a special holiday on May 4th, which has passed us recently. And that was Star Wars Day. Yes, may the 4th be with you. And uh, on the 5th, it's Revenge of the 5th. Or Cinco de Mayo. Or Cinco de Mayo. 
but for Star Wars fans, it's Revenge of the Fifth. So on this back page cover, we have an ad alert. And it is so timely because guess what, everybody? This ad is Star Wars. Woo! And it's a video game about the Empire Strikes Back, uh, which I believe was the second Star Wars, which is episode number one, two, three, four, five. Episode number five. See, I mathed. Ha ha, yeah, Bruce. Ha ha. Math. So, um, uh, basically, this uh, video game was on Atari, and bless, it looks horrible. But uh, horrible. If you wanted to hear the sounds of it, this is what it sounded like. Yeah, and then you just go over to this like um, you're this little bloop. And you go over to the left of the screen, like you're flying, and you bump into one of the um, at-ats, is what are, or what are those things called? AT, at-at, yeah, AT-AT. Yeah, and then you try shooting it and dodging its, like, lasers. And that's it. That's the entire game. But this is high-tech for Atari. This is really good. Are you serious? I'll be so bored. This is really good. Oh, stop. Did you even have an Atari? Yeah, I had an Atari. My brother, that was, like, his thing. I was... Like we've discussed this before, uh, I was a Nintendo. My brother was an Atari, so I, mm-hmm. I got mm-hmm. a little bit leftover like Atari uh, memorabilia in my head or memories in my head. And uh, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back Atari game was not one of them. It just no. was not in the pile. Pong was, um, <laughs> but with this uh, specific game, do you would you be entertained by it? Well, I think in 82, I would be entertained by it. It looks really cool. The Imperial Walkers are moving toward the rebel base on the ice planet Hoth. Can you destroy them before they blow up the power generators? Quick, into your snow speeders. Launch your attack. You can stop the walkers with a perfect shot at the flashing bomb hatch. Take careful aim. Fire! Kapow! But more walkers are coming. They attack with deadly missiles and smart bombs. Shoot them down or be destroyed. May the force be with you. <laughs> May the fourth be with you. No, that's later. That's when the holiday was created. But like, like seriously, <laughs> the <laughs> the description, the the uh, it's false advertising. It's not that exciting. Oh come on, I I I would play this game in eighty two, but yeah, and in today's graphics landscape, short sure, no, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll let it. It's no Fallout we'll seventy six. No, it's no Fallout seventy six. Precisely. Um. Well, that was fun. That was part one of our brood saga. Ooh, I'm I'm so terrified of these things, and I didn't know that they impregnated you. That's scary. Ooh. And- yeah, that's what was happening in that creepo lady throne room scene when they're all in their dreamland that they're at a party. Yeah. And they thought they were getting the Star Wars medal at the throne room scene, but no. Instead, she was laying eggs in them. Ooh. Did they do that in the cartoon? There is no brood saga in the cartoon. Yeah, there is. They had an episode. Oh, I don't remember it. Oh, oh gosh. I'll have to go back. Maybe it was the legacy virus I'm thinking of. Mm, I don't know. There was Brood, well, though. Yeah. There was, I've seen Brood in the X-Men Animated Series. Next podcast, I'm going to do some investigation. I'll come back, audience, and let you know. Good. Do so. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy Mother's yes. Day, Chandler. Happy Mother's Day to you and to everybody listening. Yes, yeah, stay tuned for part two next episode of our Brood Saga.
X Reads is recorded in Los Angeles. Our theme music is provided by Hook Sounds. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast to be updated on when new podcasts appear every first and third Wednesday of the month. Follow us on social media at X Reads Podcast. That's the letter X R E A D S Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.